May I speak in the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. What kind of a sat-nav follower are you? I have a love-hate relationship with Google Maps. One of the things I love about it is that it gives you various options for your route. More direct, a longer route but faster due to traffic. Whatever it says, I always choose the fastest route. I want to get there as fast as possible, wherever there may be. But my slavish relationship with the app means that I often have no idea how I have reached my destination. I've been so focused on watching the estimated arrival time that I've barely looked out of the window to see where I am. I'm very unaware of the route and would definitely not be capable of doing it again without the help of Google. And, depressingly, I don't really feel I know how the city or wherever I am fits together. It's fair to say that instinctively I would be quick to sign up to a version of Christianity that taught me what I need to know in order to get to heaven, with little concern for much along the way. The point is salvation, getting to heaven, and the rest is detail. And that is the way that these words of Jesus, I am the way and the truth and the life, have been interpreted for decades. I don't know any of you very well yet, but if you knew me more, you wouldn't be surprised to hear me say that if I'm honest, this verse probably ranks among the highest of verses that I sort of dread. I dread friends and family who are not believers asking me to talk about it with them. I have been very involved in interfaith work and I dread discussing this verse with Muslim and Jewish colleagues with whom I study scripture for fear that they may think I hold on to some kind of superior Christian approach. And it's such a well-known verse that you can't bury your head in the sand and hope it will go away. Many of us will have been raised in Christian traditions that use these words to claim the exclusive nature of Christianity. According to some readings, you can feel slightly superior because as a Christian, you've figured it all out. You've prayed the prayer and your destination is set. And those who haven't are headed somewhere quite else. There's a lot that I find problematic about this kind of interpretation of the passage. For a start, the very idea that Jesus was sitting there at the Last Supper, teaching his disciples why religions that were yet to be invented had it all wrong, is kind of crazy. But more than that, I think that it's misreading Jesus's message. When Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, he is saying much more than I am the ladder up which you climb to heaven. Jesus is talking about building the kingdom of God together. And this evening I want to think with you about how this verse sheds light on where our focus should be as Christians. What does it mean to be a Christian? A simple question, but actually, what does it mean? Does it mean a focus on escaping death and oblivion? Or is it telling us something about seeking and enabling abundant life here on earth? These words are about being with Jesus, who is way, truth and life. And importantly, it's about doing that in the world. Not set apart inside our churches with people who think the same way, but out there with the world on our hearts, with Jesus. In some weird twist, coronavirus is teaching us a bit about that. We're discovering new ways of being church outside the building. 
For many communities, congregations and Sunday attendance numbers are actually increasing during lockdown. People who are housebound feel more cared for and more in touch with their church family than they have for years. And in many cases where churches are being used right now, it's to give out food to those who don't have the money to buy it for themselves. Now don't get me wrong, we love our church buildings and I am among those who think they should not be locked right now. But we must recognise that this lockdown is definitely teaching us something about not hiding away in our buildings, being good Christians to one another, all of us safely on our train to heaven. So let me turn briefly to the three claims Jesus makes. Jesus tells us he is the truth. Echoing the I am words of Yahweh to Moses in the Old Testament, Jesus reminds us that he is the full presence of humanity before God and the full presence of God before humanity. Jesus is God and God is truth. This may be hard to articulate because sometimes in an attempt to offer a counter voice to an exclusivist interpretation of Christianity, we can become so desperate to be accommodating and hospitable that we have swung so far in a pluralist direction to the point we feel nervous about articulating the truths we hold. We're rightly suspicious of proselytism, of manipulative approaches to people of other faiths or no faith. We treat them as if they knew nothing or as if they had le- we, that we had nothing to learn from them. We're right to be suspicious of that. God save us from that kind of approach. But God save us also from the nervousness about our own conviction, which doesn't allow us to say that we speak about Jesus because we believe he matters. It's amazing how many liberal Christians find it hard to actually say anything about Jesus. But we must, because we believe he is the truth. We shouldn't be shy about claiming that. Jesus is also the way. We don't have to wait until we get there to experience God's future. We can experience it now. Indeed, we are part of making it happen. Far more than the destination, Jesus is the way, because Jesus is who we strive to be. So being with him must be the obvious choice. And as we follow Jesus on the way, we are called to go where Jesus goes, which is across social, cultural, religious and economic boundaries, to those on the margins whom the world has given up on because they don't seem to be a very shiny, winning team. We go there because we are called to show them God's love and embrace to show them that God wants and needs them. But, but we also go there because those people show us Jesus. In following Jesus on the way, we go to the margins because that is where we find Jesus. So what might it mean to be part of the group of people building the kingdom of God on earth right now, locked down during a pandemic? For those of us in Belgium, we've just begun phase two of the lockdown. People can start to visit in small groups, members of their family. And there's a very gradual process planned to start to reopen businesses and shops in the coming weeks. Schools and nurseries are starting up in the weeks that follow. People are returning to work. And already, certainly in Brussels, we're seeing more people using public transport, more cars on the road, and generally the early signs of a more relaxed lockdown. And wherever you are joining us from the world this evening, 
there will be similar processes on the horizon for you. And that brings entirely new levels of anxiety. It's palpable. A lady shouted at me in the park the other day because I was too far over on her side of the path. Without the strict police measures of the first phase of lockdown, I think people are going to be very fearful about how their fellow citizens behave. If it's left up to individuals to work out what constitutes safe and responsible behaviour, there is more room for different interpretations. Common sense rules, so anxiety. On top of that, there will be second-guessing of others, people you haven't seen for a while. How are they dealing with Covid? Are they more or less relaxed than you? Will you make them feel uncomfortable by handing them a glass of water? Or will they be offended when you don't welcome them into your home? It is much harder to write people's well-being into your hearts than to follow what the law says. We may find ourselves longing for the clear black and white rules and billboard signs that tell us what to do. The kind of approach that echoes some interpretations of Christianity focusing on the destination with strict guidance about how to get there. But my friends, phase two of lockdown is our opportunity to show what it means to be people who understand our Christian identity as being with Jesus, with the people on our hearts today. The pandemic has already given rise to kingdom moments and many of us will have been noticing these little differences. Speaking to your neighbours for the first time in months, finding new ways of connecting with people, reconnecting with people. At a time when for many of us it's harder to do things for people, we're finding unexpected ways of being with people. What are the margins we should be going to at the moment? Whether that's in terms of practical help, financial aid or spiritual and pastoral companionship. In phase two of the lockdown, people, being people who seek to be with Jesus as way and truth will mean really thinking and I mean really thinking about what it means to care for others being patient with other people's anxieties if we see them even when we see them as neuroses being thoughtful about our expectations of others at work or at home when I was thinking about this in my own case this week I was thinking that I could do worse than to spend a bit of time meditating on the fruits of the spirit Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. How might they be my compass for the next few months? And of course, life. Jesus is way, truth and life. Yes, being with Jesus here on earth is also the promise of eternal life. There's no doubt about that. This evening I wanted to focus on the other two because I think we've grown used to a skewed emphasis on Christianity being all about getting to heaven. Jesus will be with us in death and promises to be with us on the other side. But today, this evening, I want to remember the importance of now, on our calling to be builders of God's kingdom here, in Belgium, in the Netherlands and wherever else you may be joining us from. Can we say to Jesus, I don't care where you're taking me. I want to be with you to go where you go. Jesus is way and truth and life. If we can live by what we are promised, then we are promised life in all its glory, now as well as in eternity. And that's an awesome promise. That's 
worth relinquishing the Google Map obsession with the arrival point and spending a bit more time being on the way. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.